Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This week in league, Des Hasler still whinging. This would never have happened at Manly. The WA Pirates signal their intention to hijack a premiership within their first 20 seasons by targeting Tim Sheens as their first coach. Russell Crowe harvests another bird's eye from the alien queen's mama burgess he's has chained up in Bradford. And we'll review all of the action from round 21 of the 2012 NRL season. All that more this week in league. Welcome to episode number 99 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Uh, first thing, uh, infomercial time. Just want to say thank you to the people who are uh, buying the, you know, the, the products from onit.com. Did you get the email through the week about the hemp-based protein that's coming out soon and get yourself on the early list? No. Oh, there you go. No, I did, I did not. I got an invitation and uh, so it's coming soon. And so there'll be people who'll be able to buy it like you know in advance of other people. Cool. So you can put in pe- your hash pipe? People like me... We had to buy it before people like you. Right, eh? Sweet. <coughs> but thank you. I don't you. think I've changed my um, contact email address for uh, their mailing list. Yeah, that's probably why. Um, but uh, thanks very much to people who are uh, buying and trying the supplements because, um, yeah, obviously, you know, we get a cut of the proceeds and they are going a long way towards uh, paying for the running of this show because uh, hosting, you know, a, a massively popular podcast that gets billions of downloads like this one, it's not fucking cheap. If it was no. not, if it wasn't popular, and if everyone stopped listening, then it'd be real cheap to run. <laughs> but given the downloads, and we still do it because we like the sound of our own voices. <laughs> well, that's right. Um, but yeah, given given the, the, you know, it's a reasonably popular show, um, it, it's not cheap to run, and it is uh, it is uh, helping uh, take care of the bills. So thank you very much. Um, another thank you this week is to DJ X Plane again. You remember last week he sent us a spreadsheet through with uh, detailing hat tricks that had taken place uh, since. Lottie Takiri had uh, rejoined the NRL, etc., etc. So over the over the week, uh, we were talking about it uh, on the show last week, obviously, and we mentioned some things that we'd like to see on there, you know, like grouped by players and you know, all this sort of stuff. Well, he's he's gone ballistic and revised it twice, and he revised it after Monday Night Football as well, because obviously this this round of football there were some hat tricks scored, and most notably one by. <laughs> Lottie's direct replacement who scored four tries so um, couldn't script this shit couldn't script it so uh, what we've got here or what we're looking at is a spreadsheet here and I might put it online as a Google document or something so people can have a look at it because it's, uh, it's very good this is, uh, this is hat tricks uh, from round 1 1999 to round 22 2012 so this actually takes this takes into account the, the Broncos hat tricks that Lottie may have scored before he went to Union as well yes so Lottie's hat tricks the fuck did he put this together? I know, I know. Season 2000, round six, North Queensland Cowboys eight versus Brisbane Broncos 50. That was a Lottie hat trick right there. 
season 2001, round 20. Broncos 30, lost to the Doggies 37. You got one then, and you got one in uh, season 2002 in round 9, where the Broncos 50 defeated Northern Eagles 12. I think that might have been at fucking ANZ Stadium, or QE2, whatever it was, because I think I was at that game. And um, You were at the game watching Lottie score a hat-trick. I was, I mean, something that you've never, never dreamed of doing. <laughs> and never I've dreamt about it a lot of times. <laughs> I've dreamt about it, but uh, and so they're saying that uh, in his 2000, 2012 average before injury was 0. 0.59 of a try. Yeah, I'd say so. And uh, he's or after of a hat trick. Of a hat, well, it couldn't, it couldn't have been a hat trick, surely, because that, that's too high. After, after injury, oh. yeah. Oh, well, no, because yeah, that'll be the rest of the NRL, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and in two thousand and twelve average, this is the NRL, yeah, and two thousand. So the NRL average for tri- for hat tricks before Lottie got injured was 0. 0.59 per week I'd imagine and uh, after his injury 1.6 so it's actually tripled almost <laughs> almost tripled the rate of again <laughs> you really couldn't script this stuff I mean I also like the special column that he has at the tally uh, tallying up every season where he has a particular column saying hat tricks by good players <laughs> with a figure and then underneath that hat tricks by Lottie Takiri <laughs> Yeah, There's a whole so, lot of fucking dashes. Yeah, so we can go through and, uh, you know, in 1999, there were 31 good player hat-tricks, zero to Lottie. It was uh, 23-1 in 2000, 31-1 in 2001, uh, 32 to 1 in 2002, and then we go on, and uh, 2003, 39. Yeah, the same be- in 2010. Spiked again with the return of El Dekiri. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't yeah, score any of he them. <laughs> he didn't score any. He got a nice big fat dash next to his name. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, not good for Lottie. And uh, gee, when you, it really does uh, sink in how crap he's been for the Tigers when you look at how many games he's played in 2011 and 2012. Uh, look, 27 look at, games. Look at the comments. Glenn claimed Lottie for a hat-trick in 2010. This resulted in the highest amount of hat-tricks scored in a season during his career. Four hat-tricks scored by West Tigers during 2010 to 2012. Lottie scored 37.5 of the Brisbane Broncos hat-tricks from 1999 to 2002. Before Lottie played rugby union, he had a 3% strike rate for scoring hat-tricks. He is now at 0%. Obviously, the vortex of sporting excitement that is rugby union has sucked all the hat-tricks out of his game. Hash, Lottie in decline. Side note, Chris Bailey scored a hat-trick playing for the Newcastle against the West Tigers in 2008. I remember that. He said that was actually a hat-trick in the first half, and that's what uh, probably security... It was about two weeks later, he was announced to be signed for Manly. So, <laughs> so there you go. That's funny that uh, Chris Bailey got one. Lottie couldn't do it. <laughs> this what? guy's cock, I've decided. What is Quite good on a spreadsheet. Very, very good on Excel. It should be called DJ Excel. What, sh- what shocks me here is that... Um, yeah, I mean, the season's not over yet. We've got another, you know, four rounds and actually counting the finals as well. You know, we've got plenty more. Um, so, uh, we, given that we've got another eight rounds of the se- eight, eight rounds of the season to go, I still don't think that uh, this 18 hat-tricks this year is going to uh, get anywhere near the 39 hat-tricks of 2010. I would have thought there was more last year too, but clearly not. 18, not 18, to- yeah, 18 total. I mean, a lot, a lot of them in the last round, which is interesting to see. Yes. Um, but My yeah. team's just quit. <laughs> yes, yes. And, of course, I'd just like to point out in 2008, in uh, finals round four, there was one hat-trick. Of course, the mighty Wang man in the grand final against Melbourne Storm, 40 nil for life. And, of course, that is actually the only hat-trick scored in a grand final in the Lottie era as well. Right. So, uh, Wang man, sensational. Can we move on from this, please? Lottie, Lottie, not so much. But I just wanted to say... Uh, I. 
I think DJ X Plane is definitely on. He's he's won his way onto the ballot for the Super Fan of the Year award because the amount of work that's gone into this spreadsheet is fucking ridiculous. The guy's cock. <laughs> I mean, the fact that he's put that whole thing together with the sole purpose of taking the piss out of me, as evidenced by the comments on the spreadsheet. I think there's a lot of good information in there about hat tricks in general because we the reason why he did it wasn't like Lottie. We were he could have about se- the- he could have merely summarised things. Yeah. Put it in a bit of a tweet, 140 characters, on his way. No. Had to put it in a spreadsheet. Had to put some witty comments on it. Isn't it interesting? The, the, the not trend, really, no. I'm trend, not particularly interested at all. The trend in hat tricks uh, across seasons, when you look at like when they're tallied by round of the year, they when you get to round, what, they must be about round 21, 2021, you start to see a lot more hat tricks in those well, the final teams six are quitting. rounds teams yeah. are quitting on their fans they're quitting on their season clearly clearly but um they're not defending they're not tackling and hat tricks galore yep just not for Lottie that's right apparently exactly but uh yeah great information and uh thanks very much for the, the uh time clearly spent I would putting like it together. to buy him a drink alright then well maybe laced with shards of glass alright so uh so that, that's a Glenn's special kind of gratitude Yes. As opposed to mine, which is actual gratitude. Okay. News. Des Hasler fined $10,000 for his tiresome ref bashing. Canterbury, they've decided they're going to fight the fine, a $10,000 fine against Des Hasler after he was accused of using a false account of an on-field discussion between match officials to imply that decisions in last Saturday night's game against Newcastle had been predetermined. The action comes up with match officials under fire on multiple fronts, including interpretation of the obstruction rule, which referees bosses Bill Harrigan and Stuart Raper often admit polarises opinion. So, uh, it came out uh, on Monday that the NRL had introduced tighter regulations on the criticism of referees, which prohibit excessive comments, attacks on character, and generalisations that affect public confidence. I think it was Cartwright that came. Was it Cartwright that came out and uh, kind of bit his tongue after the Titans game, and he revealed yeah. that they'd been spoken to through the week by the NRL. But um. So what he said at the post-match press conference was, uh, one thing I couldn't understand was towards the back end of the first half, the referees were talking between themselves saying, this game is going to change, this game is going to change, this game is going to change. And the next time, there's, you know, we get a run of penalties. There's four penalties against us, Hasler said. He'd already made a point of highlighting the performances of Sutter and Robinson, and the NRL believes Hasler used the conversation to infer that subsequent decisions were predetermined. Not only did the Bulldogs receive the next penalty, though, but the only similar comment on the match audio was when Suttle reminded the other match officials after a try of the need to remain alert. We just have to remember that Newcastle hasn't had the ball yet, so this could turn around very quickly, Suttle said. Robinson replied, very true. So. What the fuck? Do you think that it is, uh, I guess, you know, do you you agree with the $10,000 Fine decision. Yeah, there's there's channels with which to uh, raise your concerns with referees' performances through the NRL, and airing your dirty laundry in the media isn't one of them. So he, he deserves a fine, but sounds to me like he's got half a point to make. Yeah. With 
when you look at the context of their, their conversation. Well, he doesn't have any... I don't think Hazel's got any point to make and what he's done and the reason why he's been fined where other people haven't... Uh, well, there's two reasons why he's been fined where other people haven't been. I've seen a lot of people making it like a, a Tuvi versus Hazler thing and they're kind of um, going back to Tuvi spray of a couple of weeks ago. Well, first thing, the, the difference was Tuvi's just a standard spray that, you know, coaches tend to do it, uh, you know, a lot through the year and it was a pretty good spray but, um, you know, no result. What Hazler did, though, he didn't sort of spray the referees for their decisions. What he did was imply that there was actually the integrity. Yeah, he was actually implying that they would award penalties to fix a game uh, or even a game up or, you know, turn a game around, uh, you know, actually affecting the outcome or the flow of a game. And that's a pretty serious charge. And that's and one that, you know, he obviously needs to pay for you know, saying. Um, by death, you would probably say. No, not by death. Maybe by... Um, Public stoning. Yeah, maybe. Chop his legs off. Manly concourse. Yeah, on the corso. Public stoning. Yeah. See if you can uh, see if you can make it from the beach down to the wharf, and what if he can make it to the wharf alive? Then obviously he's got to swim uh, back to I Sydney. I suspect he does that walk quite often, given he still lives in Manly. Yeah, I imagine he doesn't do that walk at all, given he wants to live in Manly <laughs> and doesn't want to die in Manly. <laughs> I reckon he does it often. Because let me tell you, he's uh, speedos. His, his statement before the round twenty balls flapping around in the breeze. Yeah, probably, given that he uh, he made that comment before the the round twenty game, saying, "Oh, you know, I could rock up to Manly fans, you know, house and they'd have me over for a barbecue." Fucking dreaming, mate. <laughs> you are dreaming. Uh, not many people would do that. There's probably it's... some fans that wouldn't take him in. There's probably a lot that would. Yeah, I'd invite him Considering in. Considering some of your best players and your coach are still like great mates with him, still yeah. hanging out with him. I'd invite him. I'd invite him in. Bury him in a fucking shallow grave, cover him in dirt and fucking coals, call it a hungy. Yeah, I, there you I'll go. That's a barbecue. You that's close enough. Over for a barbecue, <laughs> that's, that's close enough. For, that's close enough to barbecue. A hungy is that what he meant? Something like that. You can get buried in a short grave and fucking burn him. Yeah. Potato <laughs> a la des. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, what you're saying is that you agree with the $10,000 fine and uh, it should have been higher? <laughs> I would agree with that too. Good, good job, Glenn. I agree with you. We agreed. Let's move on. <laughs> Um, just want to say we got a tweet as well from uh, S. Borolius. Sammy uh, sent a tweet about this specifically and said that Hasler gets fined 10k so Nate got the CEO job after all <laughs> Ash, the game is going to change the game is definitely going to change the game is definitely going to change Russell Crowe he's at it again signing another Burgess brother so now they've tied all four Burgess boys to the club South Sydney officials will move ahead with trying to keep the player who's so far the best of them um, they've signed Thomas Burgess who's a 20 year old twin of George and uh, Michael Maguire has pre- said preliminary discussions have already started to ensure that Sam remained in South's colours beyond next year uh, having his brothers alongside him obviously will be a significant uh, I guess that uh, carrot to wave in front There's of him no way any of them would go anywhere now no, other than maybe yeah. back to England and uh, yeah, and they'll become the first club in more than a century to field a team with four brothers next year. And um, and George has also been re-signed until the end of 2014. Uh, Sam and Luke are off contract at the end of next season, but Maguire said discussions were taking place to keep them. We're obviously talking to both Sam and Luke. They're part of what we're trying to build as a club. <laughs> we're a family-oriented club. <laughs> this is just one family that they're yeah, oriented around. Family-oriented. <laughs> as long as your name's Burgess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maguire said Thomas showed similar traits to his brother's. I watched him a little when I was overseas, the former Wigan coach said. I met him when he was out here over Christmas time. He's a very similar mould to the other three. Hard working, very focused, with a head like a watermelon. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I'll have, have that made less. some of that up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, any comments to make on that? Oh, look, good luck to them. Obviously, 
Russell Crowe's got a, a deep connection with the Burgess family. Um, Sam. To the point the where he's actually artificially yeah, yeah. inseminating the mother. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> all I'm saying is that uh, Sam Burgess bought into that culture they're trying to build at South. And his brothers are obviously doing the same. And I, I don't have an issue, issue with it as long as they're good enough to play first grade. And I don't care so far, so good. I, think they're, I, I think don't they're care good. if they're good enough to play first grade either. It's South. You know, hopefully they're not. (laughs) So, yeah, Corey Parker, out for a month. Breathing a huge sigh of relief because uh, earlier reports, especially around the supercoach playing circles, were that he may have been gone for the year. Mm. But uh, it's looking like it's two to four weeks with an AC joint strain in his left shoulder. So, um, it could rule him out of the entire... uh, uh, regular season, but um, they're saying that it's more likely two to two to four weeks, and depending on how he goes, he may only miss the uh, the Bulldogs game and the uh, Storm game. So that's two important games, obviously for the Broncos, but uh, that'll put him back in time to get smashed by Manly uh, the week after that. And also, they have uh, Alex Glenn. He might be gone for the season, four to six weeks, which means that uh, unless they get in the finals, probably not going to see Alex Glenn around again this season. He's my favourite Broncos player. Why's that? Because he's great. Big muscly Polly, your type, he's your type. Well, is sure. that. <laughs> there is that as well, which, I mean, certainly not a, a deterrent yeah. by any stretch of the imagination, but just a quality player. But Corey Parker, that's a massive loss for the Broncos. Um, he and Glenn, you would have to say, well, certainly when Glenn plays in the back row, uh, they get through a mountain of work together. And I don't know if Mitchell Dodds or any of the likely replacements for Corey Parker are going to be the guy to pick up the slack there. No, I don't think so. And they'll have to rely on the goal-kicking of Peter Wallace as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he makes it That hasn't exactly been yeah. promising in the, the weeks where he's, he's had to do it previously this season. So Exactly. A big test for the Broncos. They're a young side. Uh, he's probably their most experienced player, really, Corey Parker these days. So yep. um, They get smashed by everyone. They are getting Paramata, smashed by everyone. Canberra. They're, gonna, they're lacking a bit of leadership and... Him being out for a number of weeks at this critical stage of the season, it's it's not a good look. And they have to play Dogs, Storm and Manly in a sequence with um, Bulldogs and Manly being away as well. So, you know, not a good end of season for the Broncos and they could find themselves on the outer for sure. Although on a plus side for them, they're saying that Justin Hodges is a chance to return. I saw, uh, I saw it in the paper that he was a chance to return from ankle and hamstring injuries, but also saw, I think, their Twitter account tweeted something about it. So he must be pretty yep. much certain if the Twitter account talking about it um, next story Ricky Stewart decides not to continue as the Blues coach bit of a willy or won't situation where previously like last week he was going to continue to be the Blues coach and coach the Eels now he's going to walk away from the coaching job um he uh, announced his resignation via his weekend newspaper column, saying it was a, a heavy heart. He was leaving the post after back-to-back series defeats at the hands of the Maroons. Uh, Jeff Carr said the state body had accepted his decision and would begin the search for a new coach. There has been ongoing speculation, of course, about his future as state of origin level since he accepted the role of Parramatta's head coach last week. Uh, the Blues made a point of making it priority to have a full-time origin coach following a wide-ranging review into football op- operations last year when Stuart returned from the coaching wilderness. Um, he was seen as a central figure to have restored the spirit into the Blues despite the team, team suffering 2-1 series losses last year and this season. This is where, I mean, you know, thanks for your service, Ricky. Now, this is where the story gets really sad. Former New South Wales stars Laurie Daly, Trent Barrett and Brad Fittler are leading candidates to take over from Stewart, while more experienced ex-coaches like Daniel Anderson and Jason Taylor, experienced coach Jason Taylor, will also come under consideration. 
Uh, he's pushing uh, Phil Gould to enter the re-enter the Origin fray, but he's unlikely to put his hand up unless they ask him to do it. So, you know he's going to get the gig, Laurie Daly. Yep, fifteen in a row. Easy, maybe ten, maybe twenty, but I'd say fifteen's close to the mark. I I, I wouldn't disagree with it. I think Laurie Daly is fucking hopeless. Another uh, another huge, as Laurie Daly would say, uh, series defeat. Next season. 3 0 next season. Easily. Fucking Laurie Daly, seriously. Laurie Daly's voice and the tripe that comes out of his mouth when he's a commentator, that doesn't inspire me to do anything but want to stab myself in the face with a fork. Yeah, that's right. If you were a player and you had to listen to that in a dressing room before you went out to play the toughest sport in the world, you'd probably be, you wouldn't be putting your hand up to. You know, run hard at people. You'd, You'd be confused. Just... Sorry? You'd be confused. You wouldn't even know what game you're playing. You don't know they're thinking you're playing AFL. You would, You'd be you... so brain dead after listening to his bullshit. Yeah, just, I, I, I can't see New South Wales being even remotely competitive next season with Laurie Daly at the helm. Certainly looks to be the front runner at the moment. Um, and Trent look... Barrett apparently isn't a, isn't a bad chance either because the he's... fuck does Trent Barrett know about coaching? Well, he's he's been the understudy for Ricky Stewart for this whole Origin stint, so that's that's really what yeah. Fuck, apparently. they've kept that under wraps. I kn- yeah. knew not that. Yeah, me neither. I mean, that's what they say. Oh, I think it's ridiculous. I think Origin's dead. If they sign Laurie Daly, they may as well sign fucking Mark Gazzini to be his, to be his <laughs> his, uh, his motivational coach. speaker, <laughs> his, his assistant coach, and get Simon Wolford in there too. And seriously, then Origin is dead as a concept. <laughs> It's over. I um, I can't see them doing making any out of the decision. Unfortunately, a bit of a death knell with all the hard need, work that Ricky's put into it. This is the thing: you don't need a fucking coach. You just need a dude who can be like a figurehead to inspire them. Because Mel Meninja, Mel Meninja Cockle, Mel Meninja <laughs> Cockle, he isn't. He, he's not even a fucking coach's half of a coach's asshole. He's not even a hemorrhoid on the ass of a coach. I mean, that's because Neil Henry and Michael Hagen are the guys running that fucking side. Yeah, but Mel, it's it's about so, instilling so need- the origin culture and the origin spirit, which that's- Ricky Stewart was doing a very good job of. And that's New what South I'm saying. Wales. Laurie Daly doesn't do any of that shit. He can't coach. He's not the... I mean, what has country rugby league side done? Fuck all. Well, you know. It's you a know? bit of a similar situation, just on less of a scale, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. So, honestly... I, I don't really have any comment other than... <laughs> <laughs> I, just don't, I just don't know what to believe anymore. But something I do believe, the Western Australian Pirates want Sheensy as their inaugural coach. And why wouldn't they? Tim Sheens has been targeted as the man to coach the Perth franchise should they gain entry into an expanded NRL competition. The bid is led by multi-millionaire Tony Sage and Balmain great Benny Elias. So not only has he fucked the, the Tigers up the ass with his property dealings with the uh, Lees Club. He is he's a also- fucking pirate. He's shocking, isn't he? Uh, he wants the uh, Kangaroos and West Tigers coach at the helm for their inaugural season. The potential franchise initially earmarked Ricky Stewart, but attention's turned to Sheens after the New South Wales coach signed with Parramatta. Tim Sheens would be a terrific for a place like Perth, said Elias. My first choice was Ricky because he was available, but Tim Sheens would be ideal. I would definitely go for a bloke like him. I could go for you, mate. I've discussed it with Tony Sage, and he agrees he would be an ideal candidate. Sage, the Perth Glory owner, has vowed to pump $100 million over 10 years into the league venture. They're jockeying jockeying with a rival WARL bid known as the West Coast Pirates. Is there two Yeah, does that mean there's two Pirates? 
or that Ricky, or the sorry Ben Elias and and Tony Sage are like another consortium. That's very confusing journalism, isn't uh, it? Look, Tim Sheen's coaching the Pirates. Yep. Only if he, I mean, would he start speaking like a pirate? I don't know. We make people walk the fucking plank. I just think it's hilarious. I mean, there's certainly, you know, they get, there's a lot of concessions that, that you know, come into new sides in competition to try and bring them up to a stage where they're competitive, you know, from the get-go. But and having he, Tim Sheens as a head coach isn't one of them. <laughs> he, go, he goes for a challenge like that, I have to say. I wouldn't yep. be surprised if they were successful, if they do indeed get granted a licence. You only have to look at his uh, his history. He went to North Queensland to try and build things up there. And they're still trying to dig their way out of his coaching. <laughs> Canberra have never recovered. Um, <laughs> and the West Tigers will, you know, say no more. <laughs> Delivered a premiership in 2005, let's not forget. Yeah, probably the uh, flukiest premiership the in the history were, of the game. They were in sort of financial difficulty. Um, you know, their juniors were getting raped and pillaged uh, to other clubs left, right and centre. And he uh, was instrumental in getting that set up. So I would imagine he's, he's a, you know, he'd have to be on a short list if you're looking for a coach that's going to, you know, engage with the juniors and and build the club from the grassroots up. He's, he's that type of guy. Wasn't overly successful at North Queensland. Moderately successful in recent years with the Tigers. Obviously, he's had the Premiership in 2005, but let's not... Yeah, 2005 is not really a recent year, is it? years ago. Let's not... You know, let's it's not really a recent year. Haven't done well, it's really, I mean, it's more recent than 1962, isn't it? Really? Well, well yeah. But, I mean, what's 1962? So, by, by 2062, we win our next one. <laughs> then it'll be a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so what you're saying is that you're happy to see the see the back of him and get someone else in coaching the West Tigers. I'd be interested to see what another coach could do with the squad with fresh ideas. That's that's all I'm saying. All right. For starters, get him in the same dressing room. That's a start. Okay. Suspension news. Darcy Lussick, two games after pleading guilty to striking North Queensland forward Ashton Sims on Saturday night. And let's face it, I mean, who doesn't want to fucking strike Ashton Sims? I know the entire city of Brisbane does, still, to this day. Um, Pretty sure Tarek Sims would get suspended for striking Ashton Sims if they didn't play on the same team. Yeah, exactly. So he opted not to challenge the grade two striking charges of the judiciary, so he gets a discount from three down to two, and so he will miss the game against South Sydney and the following round against Newcastle at Brookvale. Um, also, he's uh, he means you'll uh, get to miss uh, a battle with Sam Burgess. I mean, who cares? Sam Burgess was very, very, very lucky to escape any punishment. Uh, he got an early guilty plea, and so that meant he uh, avoided a one-match ban. But the story behind that as well is that he was... Um, exceptionally lucky because back in August 2010 I, th- I think he did a chicken wing or something like that and the carry yeah, they're just doing a chicken wing and the, please and the carryover points from that only expired last week wow. and so with those an early guilty plea still would have got him time but they only just expired so um, very very lucky how convenient how convenient exactly and uh, I have seen uh, comments on Twitter saying how convenient that is as well um, what else have we got there um Colin Best, he took an early guilty plea on Tuesday for a grade one tripping charge from the win over the Warriors. Uh, he's not going to get any time on the sidelines, uh, of course, because, you know, in addition to being an average player, he's also a very clean-skinned player. I think. He is very much so. And uh, so, yeah, he's uh, going to be right for the game versus Newcastle on Monday night. Any thoughts on any of the suspensions there, or lack thereof? Um, yeah, the Burgess, the Burgess one was... 
fairly well cut and dried. I, I wouldn't have been surprised had he gotten a week, but I guess with the carryover points, um, they worked in his favour. Yep. Colin Best, touch and go. Yeah. Didn't really have a major drama with it, so he probably didn't really deserve to miss any time. Um, yeah, it's... Um, Jesus seems to be a lot more players cited recently. And the oh. match review, put on report, that sort of thing. Maybe DJ Explain can actually put up a spreadsheet because I'm not sure if the perception is the reality there. Yeah, it just seems yeah, that I'm not sure. every week we're talking about, you know, a bunch of players that have been put on report or, or, or have been, you know, put under review by the match review committee. Yeah, yeah, I mean... We'll, I'm happy to look at a spreadsheet. Yeah, well, you know what, there's been a couple... You know of who them. wouldn't be on the spreadsheet? Lottie. Yeah, that's true because he's not even on the team sheet. <laughs> but you know, I think there's been a few like um, noisy suspension things. The reason why it feels like there's been more is because there's been a lot of noise about you know will they or won't they like with you know yeah. guys falling into tackles and guys with shoulder charges and all that sort of stuff. I think it's just blown up the whole uh, judiciary process. Yeah. And not to mention Tra- uh, Travis Burns, you know, gave him a, a big one to chew on as well with the the, the jumping, swinging high. You exactly. know, coat hanger tackle. So I think it's just been more prominent cases, you know, maybe. But, you know, if someone wants to make a spreadsheet up and explain to us, you know... The, it's not going to be us. The charges. No, it's not, it's not going to be us because we are far too lazy to do that. And especially when we've got awesome listeners out there that do that stuff for us. But, um, yeah, and, um, you know, last week he, he fucking cocked his elbow the dumbass. I mean, you got you got to go for that, son. You he got, is a grub. Oh, he's, he's, he's not a grub. He's just, he's just he's a grub. does some dumb shit. He's a grub. He'll be shit. a grub when he pulls on a Parramatta jersey. He's a grub now. He'll not, he's not a grub. He yeah. won't be a grub when he plays a Parramatta either. Oh, I'm sure he'll look at you, mate. Look, it's very sweet. <laughs> Got a bit of love there. <laughs> Where do we see when he signed, walks out the door and he's, he's over at Parramatta and see how much love there is there for him? Zero. <laughs> you give away penalties and knock Dead. the ball on for them. I don't think there's going to be an issue oh, with that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there we go. We take it back. Okay, recaps. First one, Friday night, we had the one game. Because of Channel 9's ongoing commitment to butchering coverage of the Olympic Games in London, the Sydney Roosters, 26, defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons, 10, in front of a crowd of just over 12,500 at Allianz Stadium. Huge crowd for the Roosters. Massive crowd, massive crowd for the Roosters. And now their tries came to a ding-ding-ding hat-trick to Mitchell Pearce. And BJ Leilua got one as well. And Asta, 4 Not a hat trick. He got a try. Sorry, he got a try. And uh, Brayton Asta, he was 100% record from the boot. So perhaps he, uh, he's firming as the first choice goal kicker for the Tigers next year. I wonder if Benji will be happy to relinquish. He also got a penalty goal. Um, well, who gives a fuck? I mean, you know, if you, you, there's a guy that's getting four out of four in Friday Night Football. Biggest stage of the NRL season. And then you've got fucking some dude just spraying him. I think I'm going to give it to the guy who can do it under pressure. Now, St. George, they're Nicklin 10 points. also loves to cane Benji about his goal kicking. Yeah? Where'd she get that from? She listen to the show? <laughs> no, fuck no. <laughs> like she doesn't listen to enough of my bullshit. <laughs> so you mean that someone has independently picked up the fact that he's a fuck goal kicker by no, I'm pretty sure she's heard you <laughs> when we've been together caning, <laughs> caning Benji, so she's just latched on. Uh, excellent. She's a good woman. Dragons, they had tries to Ben Cray and Matt Pryor. Hornby was one of one. Chase Stanley missed his only attempt. So. Good win for the Roosters, but fuck me, this was a boring-ass game. Yeah, 
In fact, we got a couple of comments on Twitter like that. I actually fell asleep with 10 to go. Yeah, well, we're talking. I mean, people have actually reminded us, you know, what you know, the Vuvuzela over the year. Mm. So yeah, I, I guess Roosters fans would be pretty ecstatic. Dragons fans would be fairly. Uh, they'll be crying in, in in into their beers, but the Dragons can't win when they get behind. And That's right. Teams that start fast are always going to have the upper hand against the Dragons, and and they have been dominating them lately. Um, they just if they don't blast out of the blocks and and put an early try on and then get into that grind mode, then they can't win. That's it's right. as simple as that. Um, I think the the problem for the Dragons in large part is their centres. Um, their wingers are, are actually quality finishers, I think. Yeah. Um, yep. you, well, Brett Morris is possibly Brett the Morris best is. in the NRL. Yeah. Sorry? Brett Morris is, yeah. He's possibly the best in the NRL. Um, just doesn't get anywhere near enough ball. Exactly. Um, Which is the problem that he's had his entire career on the wing at the Dragons. And then when did he start looking amazing? When they stuck him at fullback. Yeah. And, you know, and then obviously, you know, because he could get the ball on his own terms. But, yeah, not to be. Yeah, disappointing for the Dragons. Interesting that, um, that Jamie Sowd didn't take part in the game. Bit of, yeah, there's a lot of talk through the week and uh, he was dumped down to the cutters. Yeah. He had a reasonable game for them. Uh, he, he scored a try himself, uh, set up one, and I think he, he scored a lot of goals. I think he got about seven goals. I mean, they, they won sort of 30-something to 16 or something. Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, he's been recalled this week on the bench, though. Yeah. Which is a bit stupid. I think I'll just swap him out and start him. I've got, the bench. I've got no doubt that he'll, he'll start the game, but very interesting the way he's been handled by yeah. Price, given his, his mental state, which is fairly fucking fragile. Mm. I mean... And there's a constant, off constant threats of, you know, that he could possibly be going overseas to Wigan or somewhere. Um, I just don't see, like, a guy that's central to their attack yeah. in a, in at a time of the year where they are, you know, really striving to try and make the eight and they've got to basically win all their games. They drop, you know, the linchpin of their attack. Well, he wasn't a linchpin at the time of being dropped. I mean, he was playing like shit, and maybe this was just the wake-up call he needed. Yeah, but... Kind of sent a message as well, like, though, like, you know, if you're going to fuck off, then, you know, we can live without you. Yeah. You know, so... Don't be a rock star. Yeah, if you're going to be a rock star, you know, fuck off to Rockland or London, whatever they call it. <laughs> <laughs> just want to um, get your thoughts on Boyd Cordner as well for the for the Roosters. Fuck, I think he's a really good player. He's been He's been good all season, though. Yeah. He just seems to... He's a good defender. He's got a good offload, and he broke into the clear a couple of times. Fuck, he's fast for a big and bloke, and he's, and he's super young too. So yeah. I mean, really, he's only going to get better. Uh, you know, with guys like that, with all the money that the and and bullshit terms that the Roosters have, have reportedly had to agree to to get Sonny Bill. Yeah. Okay, Boyd, Boyd Corden is not Sonny Bill Williams at the moment, no. but you know, a Boyd Cordner and a Aiden Guerra and. You know, with some of the other forwards you got in there, that's a decent cornerstone of a of a pack that you can build something around for for the next yeah. five seasons. Not signing five fucking one year deals if yeah. you're lucky. Maybe Sonny Bill is just a ploy to get people through the gate so they can you know he kind of pays himself off because they bring an extra ten thousand people in to watch him or something. Yeah, but if it breeds discontent with some of the other players in the club, it's going to have a negative effect. No, I mean, East is East is perpetually discontented. Yeah, well, as, so, as evidenced you know. by some of their 7,000 strong crowds. But, again, boring game. Let's move on. Okay. Twitter, Mr. Bowles. Can the NRL... He's actually tweeted this to the NRL. Can the NRL just get it over and done with and fuck the roosters off? Hash, irrelevant club. Hash, no one cares anymore. Hash, you're getting a wooden spoon. Bemson Meister. Mitchell Pierce interfering with Cray. I thought he was giving up the fanny. 
English people, <laughs> Fanny. Hash big titted bitches. Hash sex best. <laughs> so that's going to become a thing now, is it? Uh, B underscore Q star. Guys, remember this game when the Twiller roll, the awards roll around for worst game ever. Hash NRL in decline. Did not enjoy it one little bit. No, Bemson Meister. Lay Lua through a hole. Usually he just pests it by phone and then gets arrested. <laughs> Hash sex pest. And uh, at Tigers in decline. OMG, the Roosters are on fire. I predict they'll scrape into the top eight and make the grand final. LOL. Hash of drugs are awesome. Then we've got... Uh, and ever, ever read any of that idiot's tweets ever again. Okay, I promise. GT351 underscore Johns. The remote is getting a workout tonight, switching between anything and this crappy game of footy between two very poor sides. It's very hard with the Olympics on at the moment. Mm. You've got effectively nine channels. Yeah. And at Tigers in decline with another tweet. <laughs> What did I just say? <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's why I said I promise I won't because I knew there was one coming. Well, I've had swimming shoved down my throat for the last week and after that snooze fest, I'm begging for more. Bring on Rio 2016. And 102, Megan. It's great to see that during Missing Persons Week that the Sydney Roosters Rugby League players decided to turn up slash were found. They found an extra few thousand in the crowd too. Yeah, yeah. But Busy I mean, they, week for the Missing that Persons been, uh, That could have just been arithmetic though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next game, Melbourne Storm 46 pumped into wooden spoon contention the Penny Panthers six yes in front of a crowd of just over 9,000 an absolute fucking disgrace given that the game started at 3.30pm a fantastic family friendly slot for that game mm-hmm. um, no one there yep uh, maybe they counted the people you know at half time and they're like oh well it's 34-0 so we'll just fucking go home and you know, beat the traffic <laughs> um, anyway the Melbourne Storm their tries came to, through a double to Kronk Sikamanu Sisawaka got a double Justin O'Neill got a double, and Jesse Bromwich got one as well. Uh, Cameron Smith, 7 of 8 on the kicks, and Panthers tried to Matty Robinson, and one goal to Luke Walsh. So a lot of lot of uh, Storm players on the two. They just couldn't get over the line for the uh, anti-Lottie. Definitely not, but fuck, that's a lot of points. Yeah. Nice way to, to break into a bit of form, but I, well, sadly I think that Beating up on a wooden spoon contender really proves little for the storm, doesn't really at your answer home, a lot of know, the yeah, At your home, that tends to be, um, you know, a good you know, a place where a lot of good results happen. You know, yeah. Very few games are lost sort of thing. Um, it was a perfect storm, I think, for Pardon a flogging. I, I think the... Uh, <laughs> I don't I think write the headlines st- for the paper. <laughs> it was a perfect storm. You should. You, you should do that. You should fuck off out of this podcast and do that. And just come back to edit it. The storm, <laughs> I, they're still not out of the woods, though. I don't think. I don't think it proves a great deal to me. Um, but for Penrith, I think the end of the season can't really come quick enough for for their players or their fans. Uh, but to put, try and put a positive spin on it, I think with a full off season with the squad that they're trying to build and and the players that they've handpicked to come into the club, you know, albeit uh, with the loss of Luke Lewis thrown in, you know, that's a bit of a spanner in the works. But I think that might do wonders for Penrith. Um, they've shown most weeks, with the exception of this week, that they are that you know they are willing to have a dig, and they are, do you know go out of their way to try and be competitive in games, yep. even though in a lot of games they are hopelessly outclassed. So um, I think they're getting things better off you know together off the field, and um, a little bit of on-field success will only enhance that. But it just they seem a million miles away from it at the moment. But maybe with a good off-season next year. Um, you know, they could start putting things together. You know, for people that like to create spreadsheets, I'd like to see a spreadsheet on teams that have been kept to nil 
through the seasons because uh, I don't know if I'm 100% accurate on this, but I know for a fact that Penrith have had at least three times this season they've been kept to blank. Mm. Against you guys, against us, and it was two game. weeks in a row, and, and, and then yeah, and then they got the six here. I mean, so that's, that's, yeah, you're right. It's two weeks in a row. I just wonder how many times the team's been blanked. Yeah, in a season, duck you know, eggs. What, what sort of record would be? Give us but a duck egg spread- spreadsheet. A couple of blanks and a six, and you know, this is not the only game where they've had a low a low yield of points coming through. And yeah, geez, they cough up some points as well. Yeah, Storms yeah. closed the gap, Jersey. It's very, uh, very West Tigers. Yeah. Still I'm not, I'm not, 46 I'm, points and actually defended. I'm not. A, I'm not a gigantic fan of a lot of the, of a lot of those designs. Um, the manly one, the current manly one, I think is pretty much. A, it's very similar, if not exactly the same as the one they had last year. Yeah. Which is good. I like it because they they win when they wear it. So it's always. Okay. It's, they, they, I don't think they've been beaten in it. I didn't mind the Titans one. Yeah, it's all right. They're all okay, but I mean, like special jerseys. You know, me and special jerseys anyway. Like, you know, with the exception of the Tiki Warriors jersey. Yeah. And the yellow West Tigers one. And Lance Armstrong won that West Tigers jersey. <laughs> I had to say. Called baller. The baller jersey. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Next. Okay. Uh, Mr. Bowles kicks us off again. He said, I feel entirely penetrated and it hurts. Slash, ouch, hash sore butt. 102 Megan replied to that tweet and said, it serves you right for your anti-roosters tweets last night. Hash Penrith for the wooden spoon. Devonhead. He is a bit of a troll at uh, Mr. Bowles. Yeah, he's, a, I mean, you know, uh, we'll have you to... You said rangers can't use computers. We'll have to start thinking about our shortlist for the various categories, but, you know, it may it may well be that he, he comes into the Gronk of the Year category. We'd definitely be top 1,000. Yeah, definitely top 1,000. Uh, at Devonhead, how do you reckon all the good players in the Storm feel about having to play with Anthony Quinn in the side? I'm not a big Anthony Quinn fan either. I no. hate to agree with Trotters, but... Yeah, I don't think I don't, I don't think anyone is. I don't think Storm fans are that sold on the guy, he's to be honest. A, he's, a, he's a grub. He's like a grub well. in like a midget's body. Yeah. That's the best way, to, and and so you know he can he can sometimes be very grubby and get away with it, um, but often because he's such a midget, he can try grubby stuff, but it just deflects off. Yes, you know, so he's not a really effective grub. Um, Phil Fark, F I L F A R K, the Storm trying to make up lost for lost points from last three weeks. Hash Panthers wooden spoon. <clears throat> Cruzy zero six, Panthers hash provoke the spoon. <laughs> Which I enjoyed. And that was actually the last tweet on that game that we'll be reading out. So we will move to the next game, the 5.30 game on Saturday, where the Canterbury Bulldogs, 26, defeated the Newcastle Knights, 10, at Hunter Stadium with just under twenty, oh, sorry, just under 30,000 people, 29,482. And the uh, points, Duarte Parte, two tries. Tyrone Roberts, one from two. Dogs, 26, came from a double to Jonathan Wright. And further tri- tries to Joel Romolo. The Ottoman. The great man. And Josh Reynolds. Captain Snooze, sorry, no dose, four of four. And he also got a penalty goal. And nothing for Ben Barber. Not a thing. Honeymoon's over. But he's still, in Supercoach, he's still got 54 points, I think. Which was, you know, not a bad effort, but it was under the, it was under the you know, probably million that I expected out of him. Yeah. Josh Morris, 20 points in Supercoach. What'd he wow. do? Fuck all. Not a great deal, it would seem. The Dogs went uh, 50 minutes in this game without really without scoring points. Um, they led 24-0, um, but that's a long time to go without scoring points when you've got your opposition on the ropes. Yeah. And for a side that's, that's shown a willingness this season to put teams and, and the ability to put teams to the sword, that's a bit of a worrying sign of complacency, and I think this winning streak might, you know, that might be a sign of, of the fact that the winning streak might be closer to uh, coming to an end. 
Yeah. I don't think it'll happen this coming week, but the next week is, it's certain to certain to come to an end. I don't think. I think they're at least Could a fortnight away from season. They'll just fall in a heap after that. But um, <laughs> you know, when you win that many games in a row, there's got to be an, some semblance of complacency that might creep in, um, and I think that may have been a small symptom. Having said that, when their heads were on in the game, they were they were unstoppable. The Knights couldn't get anywhere near them. The Knights coughed up way too much ball mm-hmm. um, and and really signalled the end of the momentum that they'd been building up in recent weeks. Um, just gave up way too much possession. Um, you know, silly mistakes in, in key you know, areas of the field that allow the dogs to put some of their scintillating attack together and, and they piled on 24 unanswered points and, and that was basically game over for Newcastle. You know, they... They tried to have a dig to get back into it, but it was all too much to ask for them, and um, the dogs keep rolling on. They did well to try and get back into it, but uh, the dogs' defence was good enough. And let's face it, the Knights aren't really looking like that. Uh, they're not a very threatening attacking side no. at times, especially when they're coughing it up as much as they did in this game. The Ottoman scored a try and, and had a clear points victory over our other mascot, Robbie Rochow. But Although um, they don't line up positionally against each other no. in any way, shape or form. <laughs> I would have liked to have had a photo of, you know... Them Ottoman putting tack- a hit on or... You tackled know, together or yeah. something like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a rare opportunity that just went begging and they and they blew it. You both exactly. blew it. I mean, sort yourselves out, for fuck's sake. Do you have anything else to add? No. Okay, Paraman 1973. It's a great day for this week in league and it's player for the people. The unique 180. I hate the way that Ranger ref talks to the players. You're not that important, fuck knuckle. Hash, just because you're a ginger. Is that sat- that's not subtle, is it? It is. Three card. Ma- oh yeah, because we were just talking about him with yeah, Hasler, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. Three card magic trick. Great defensive effort in the second half. Won us this game. Bring on finals footy. Hash proud to be a bulldog. Oh, I hate that. Proud to be a bulldog shit. Like you, proud to be a bulldog. Fuck's sake. Oh, it's no <laughs> fucking worse than any of the bullshit manly hashtags they come up with. What? Like what? Hash, manly fans are fuckheads. Or maybe that was me that came up with that. Yeah, maybe that was you that came up with that. That'll and, catch on. And, and you didn't actually That'll ever, catch on. And you didn't use it. It's not like a, uh, a superstar trending well, hashtag. I've never actually like used it. I'm going to start now. Okay. You watch this shit take off. This will be the new hashtagers in the client. <laughs> yeah, I doubt that. Actually, it was a funny thing Simone pointed out to me the other night that um, apparently uh, Michelle Laurie, who, you know, obviously the comedian, you know, TV host slash radio person, from yes. Brisbane. Moonface, yes. Yeah. Now, she said something apparently saying that Brisbane's like, you know, racist and, mm. you know, rednecks or something. I didn't actually hear exactly what she said, but I saw people blowing up on Twitter about it. And yeah, friend- they, they revealed it. The guys that she used to, obviously, Ash Bradnam. Yeah, Lutzy and... Lutzy yeah. and Kip. Yep. They um, they were talking about it. I, I was on the way to work and I was listening okay. to it. So you can tell me the story. So what so what did she say? She said... Oh, she just basically said that she hated the guys that she was working with. Those three? They never got along, yeah. Wow. And they were like, well, we didn't actually hate her. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they sort of opened up and said, basically, like, she wouldn't talk to any of the, you know, the lesser lights at the station sort yeah. of thing, like those general staff, the guys that yeah. um, do the running around and stuff yeah, yeah. And, and promo gear and all that sort of stuff, that she, would, she wouldn't even acknowledge them. Okay. And, and so what she said? She said they were racists. Oh, I didn't hear anything about oh, okay. being racist. That's what I thought. That's what I thought she said. It was like Brisbane. It was like I think it was about Brisbane in general. I saw some, some. Yeah, some she did have like, some fairly derogatory t- comments about Brisbane as well. Yeah, and it's funny. Um, someone who uh, 
I don't follow. I think it's like as a Jade. You follow? He's um. He actually tweeted her and said something like, you know, yeah. Tell me you didn't say, you know, that you didn't say that, and then he had hash Michelle in decline. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't follow that dude. I mean, I don't know if he listens to the show. But I mean, like, it's funny for the, the hashtag to pop up with someone. I've got no idea where yeah. they came from. Um, moving along. Uh, Michael Darren seventy nine uncharacteristical. What the fuck, Gaznia? Hash English in decline. That's good. We get one every week, literally out of Gaznia, one every fucking week. Yep. And if that's something that one of the listeners of the show want to do, that would be very handy. If they could compile Gaznia... Grunk, Jesus, what are we giving everyone fucking file? homework this week? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Spreadsheets and Gaznierisms. If, and- someone, if someone wants to get those Gaznia... I mean, if you know, written is fine. But, I mean, if, if someone wants to get actual, like, you know, audio snippets of his gronkish shit, by all means, do so, and we'll love you long time. And we've got someone here, Mr. X, who's uh, through West Mail. Absolute bullshit in a dog's game. Tahu drops the ball. Barber picks it up and sprints away, only to be called back for a scrum. Yeah. And that was points gone begging for Barber, actually. That's the last one. So, we'll move on to the match of the round. It's 7.30 Saturday game. The mighty Manly Sea Eagles went up to North Queensland and defeated the Cowboys. Smashed them, in fact, six. <laughs> Eight point six. <laughs> a crowd of uh, about 14,500 people up there to watch the game. And it went as follows. Tries to Kieran Foran. Penalty goal to Jamie Lyon. Conversion to Jamie Lyon. And for the Cowboys' part, Kane Linnett got the try and Thurston got the goal. As dare a contest as this was, I, I think it's a, a bit of a welcome tune-up for finals footy if Manly are lucky enough to make the eight. Same goes for the Cowboys. <laughs> the top um, four side, Manly, Younger Seagulls. <laughs> same goes for the Cowboys. I, I think there was, um, you know, there was still a lot of questions asked and their defence had to be resolute and um, defence was the order of the day in this game. But um, it's a bit hard to rave on too much when there's more points scored in a game of soccer. What soccer? Cool what, yeah, maybe indoor soccer or fucking futsal or something. Under, under sixes, probably. Yeah, under sixes, maybe, yeah. <laughs> it's a worrying sign for the Cowboys, I think, that they're much vaunted attacking, including, you know, two of the best attacking players in the game in Thurston and Bowen. Couldn't get across the line more more often in an intense, an intense pressure cooker game. Doesn't really bode well for finals footy. They threw the um, fucking kitchen sink they did. at them as well. You know, and, the only try they scored, and the only try they scored was just through a complete fuck-up. It yeah. wasn't through anything great that the Cowboys did. It was a pretty innocuous kick. Their defence was great, but, um, you know, the next time the pressure's on, maybe they have to chase points, or, you know, or yeah. maybe, you know, to stay in the game, they're, they're going to have to score some points and, and if all they've got in this game is one try, one sort of opportunist or lucky try to show for their trouble, then, you know, they're going to have to be a lot better come finals time. Yeah, and on Manly side of things, um, you know, Manly fans will say that there were two tries disallowed that should have been given. I'm not of that school of thought. However, certainly one of the tries and the first one definitely should have been given. I mean, that was a try where Kieran Foran went to the line, put in a little grubber, uh, back off, uh, you know, in the other direction towards the post. Watmo uh, ran through, uh, beat him, you know, to the ball. Uh, sorry, Tony Williams beat him to the ball. Um, he could have passed to Tony Williams, and Tony Williams probably would have, you know, bulldozed his way over, you know, because it was fairly short range, or like a couple meters. Dropped it like the Gronk that he is. Yeah, or dropped it exactly, and maybe he thought, you know, well, shit, I remember what happened in that Warriors game. He was a fucking liability. I mean, because it's funny. That was funny in the Warriors game where there was that literally that play where Foran, you know, had a bit of space out wide. He looked to his left, saw Tony Williams, and went. Uh, cut it out straight to Matai. So, you know, there's not a lot of confidence in Tony Williams because he already is playing for the Dogs, essentially. Um, 
So, yeah, that try there, the, the problem being that um, apparently Anthony Wapo <laughs> obstructed Glenn Hall from making a tackle um, on a player who kicked the ball, so who fucking cares? And yet Glenn Hall just dived and didn't have a finger laid on him by Wapmo at all. And the referees came out and said, oh, no, but... um." He, you know, he he braced. He fell over because he was bracing himself for a, p- a potential collision with Watmo. That's what I call a bad fucking read in defence. Yeah, that's all that is. If Which he doesn't is touch, exactly the sort of thing that second man plays and decoy runners and and, uh, that, and uh, that supposed to inspire play, players to do. Yeah, that's exactly what they try and do is in, you know entice the opposition into misreading in defence, which leaves a gap. Exactly. You yeah. know, you know, you know, a free player and. That's precisely what it's designed for, yet when teams execute it to perfection, they're penalised for it. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> and I think we're falling into a bit of a hole with this obstruction rule. Like, there was there was a similar situation in early 2009, first half of 2009 as well. Um, the second try, I mean, I'm prepared to say that was 50-50. I mean, Brett Stewart ran around. I mean, there was certainly no one, no one was going to stop him and no one was really obstructed. But I can see how they go, you know, when they're looking for tries, they're not looking for reasons to, to give tries these days. They're looking for reasons to deny them, even though they've got the benefit of the doubt rule. So I'm prepared to concede that. The media's that. got the referees fucked. That's why. Yeah, because every time they they do make a mistake, the media jumps all over them. Yeah. So they you know they scrutinise it because no one wants to you know be in a position where the referees are bagged because they made a mistake and a trial was awarded. Yeah, yeah but you know that what, happens every fucking week too. Yeah, but you know what the 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 funny thing is like everyone sitting at home goes oh that's not a try or that is a try. And they're pretty much right the entire time. The commentators that are talking about the game while this is all going on in the video, and they're watching the replays as well, they're all the same. Going, yeah, you know, this is and definitely then they try go the polar the- opposite up on the on the screen. Yeah, so. exactly. So, so let's let's face it. I mean, people can make the correct decisions here. It's like it's just ridiculous that video referees are so fucking they're so consistently the exact opposite of what everyone sure. Thinks so. Maybe they do need a, like a three-panel video referee or something, so you get two and one or something. I don't know. It's not overcomplicated. Let's just get one person up there that knows what the fuck they're doing. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. But uh, very good to see uh, Manly at almost full strength. Um, Win by two points, eight points to eight. six. What a fucking exciting encounter! Let's playing against another side, uh, another side that's uh, vying for top four uh, and for the finals, and uh, through the kitchen sink with uh, you know. Two Queensland legends in their side. Oh, look, they're tearing people apart this year. There's couldn't, every couldn't break chance the that the Cowboys might play the, the West Tigers, you know, their nemesis. And no what happened to them last time they played? Sorry? You're only as good as your last game. What happened last yeah. time they played them? We only had six fit players. Oh, that was that's what it was. It was the players' excuse. Was it sure it wasn't the refs as well? Oh, you want to talk to me about fucking excuses when your team loses? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, I do. Well, that's good. Maybe you could educate <laughs> me on those, given you are an expert in the field. <laughs> Oh, no, I haven't, had much, haven't had much practice this Can year, mate. Can you read some tweets out, please? I haven't had much I practice you, this year. I, before I kick you in the face. This is funny. Uh, CBBIT. Manly performance not convincing of a top eight team. Would not expect them to miss two scoring opportunities in the first half. This goes after... <laughs> this guy sends tweets in very rarely, like probably three this season. But they're always after... Um, usually after a Manly loss, saying, oh, Manly aren't a top eight team. Might, <laughs> be, always, might just, be an alternate uh, GT Johns account. It may be, it may be. And then we've got uh, Kerim Karan said, it's good to see the video ref penalised Anthony Watmo for using the force on Glenn Hall. Hash Jedi Master Watmo. And then we've got your mate, Shaboogan. I'm no manly, I'm no manly fan. 
I'm no manly fan, but this video ref is biased as fuck to North Queensland. Same mm, one who fucked New South Wales in State of Origin mate. three, and that is that is coincidental. It was Steve Clark in there who you know who loves loves to fuck people over that aren't Queensland, uh, and he's got hash coincidence. Then we've got Tirana three fifty five. Fifty heart attacks later and manly win. Smiley face. Mad dog underscore no space. Another person who's come from well behind in the pack, but he's gronkish and to the max. Fuck, I hate when Manly win. Their fans are the biggest fucktards in the NRL. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, I think it's an alternate identity for you. The CK Jonesy, semi-final style game. Oh, Even with the refs on the cow side, we prevail back-to-back. Whatever. NQC81, Cowboys fan. back-to-back is you two in the shower together rubbing your asses together in some sort of kinky Fifty Shades of Fuckhead. Sex act. <laughs> oh, sounds like someone's wife's got fucking something on the nightstand. <laughs> she sent you down. To, she sent you down to Bunnings with some cable ties and fucking <laughs> anal beads. <laughs> no, definitely not. But I did go to a uh, barbecue with some friends uh, and took the boat out on the weekend. Yeah, and they've they've all read Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, and I was talking to the boys and we're all and. Something you know, the book came up, and I was like, "Yeah, it's interesting that um, you know that he's into anal fisting." And they're like, "Oh, Glenn, what?" You? I said, "Hang on a sec. You guys have all read the book, and it's all like, oh, it's all so dreamy. Oh, it's so great." And then Glenn says it out in public, and I'm the worst person in the fucking world. You guys are all sick. You're a bunch of sick bitches. You know what else is sick? You and Jamesy rubbing your asses together in the shower. <laughs> So, a Cowboys fan says, credit to Manly, the better side edged out the result. Defence wins premierships and both sides will be there at the pointy end of the season. No, Jono, just Manly. The Real Jedi. <laughs> Great defensive effort by the mighty Sea Eagles with the T-Rex Lussick Deadwood cut loose. Here comes a three-peat. Fucking hell, let's win. <laughs> let's fucking worry about trying to get past the West Tigers to even make the grand final to have a chance of winning the second one. Look, Gronk. Let's let's face it. There's another bloke that'd probably be in your bloody shower rubbing his ass up against you two. Look, let's let's face it. Fifty-one and a half shades. We, of fuckhead. We, we, we're there. closer to a three-peat than Lottie ever got to a hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand Warriors were absolutely positively pumped yes. at home by the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. Forty-five. There was a crowd of just under fourteen thousand people at Mount Smart Stadium who witnessed absolute brutality at the hands of the Sharks. We did. The points. Well, easy. We'll go the Warriors first because they're easy. Uh, Bill Tupo got a try. The end. Sharkies double to Carney, double to Wolf Brother, Jeff Robson, and got one. And Fafita got a double. Carney got himself. What? Yeah, that's right. It's amazing what happens when you put him in a single, you know, United dressing room. Um, Todd Carney, he got... Uh, it's only taken 21 fucking weeks. He got a field goal. He got uh, seven from seven on the conversions. And he got a penalty goal. So an absolute master class from Carney What did he there. get in super cash? He must have got about 600,000. Uh, he got just over 100, I think. 100 and, 110, maybe 120. I sacked him about a month ago, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure. Look, the Warriors are in free fall at the moment. They've surrendered their season really meekly, which is disappointing. Um, from a club that promised so much. I mean, sure, they weren't pre-season premiership favourites, but they weren't far off, um, and they were grand finalists last year. But um, may as well call know. them the New Zealand Tigers. You may as well. Really? Yeah. New Zealand Tigers in decline. I can't argue with that. I 
can't argue with it. They're your second team now because they're Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them, not after last season. They can die a slow, painful death. The Sharks showed an ability, I think, to play a finals-type game plan and the amount of possession that the Warriors gifted them... Um, they they showed their attacking potency to score forty five points in recent seasons. We've you know we've given the Sharks a lot of flack for not being able to score points, but with Carney in that sort of mood, they were unstoppable. Yep. Um. Yep. He finally found the right moment to stand up and be counted, Carney, and it was, it's pretty good timing with the finals not far away. So his B sample probably came back negative. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Wouldn't that be Allegedly. A Another two-year ban for him. <laughs> <clears throat> Paul Gallon's decision to play hurt, I think, may just make the Sharky season. They've been struggling for the last couple of weeks, and um, the fact that he said, OK, I'm not 100%, but I, I demand to play, um, and come out and, and led from the front, and Cronulla put such a positive performance together, I don't think it's a coincidence. Uh, having said that, I think he's running a fine line. Yeah. If he continues to play hurt with the way that he plays the game, it's not like he's a shrinking violent sort of hanging out at the back of the field, not doing a great deal, yep. picking the odd moment. He's yep. in everything. And he's in every about... tackle. He's in every hit-up. So. And he doesn't need to think just about Flanagan. He needs to think about his other super coaches. Yes, that's who, who exactly may, who right. may want I mean, to catch if him. him and Parker go down, super coach would melt down. Exactly. Well, it certainly uh, even it up for the people who didn't play well enough to afford those two. You just have, a, have to have a side full of Tigers. It's the only way he'd win. <laughs> Nah. No. <laughs> you got anything else to add? No. On this butchery? Okay, now, I don't generally when I'm picking the tweets out for the games, I try not to dub, double up on people unless they're, you know, really worthy tweets because I just want to give everyone a go. However, on this occasion, we've got someone here, Liam Hanley, whose name uh, on Twitter is at Hanley with an E, uh, 1993. I, I'm gathering that he's a, he's a Warriors fan. And let me tell you, he was really fucking pissed off about this game. And I had to include some of his tweets because he kind of went on a rant. Uh, the first one, at least the Warriors can now focus on the minor prep, the top, uh, their families. <coughs> then he went on to say, uh, the Warriors squad has been arrested for murder. One thing's for sure, their defense will be shit. <laughs> then, why did Steve appear across the road? Because he's a bigger asset to the other fucking side, Drongo. <laughs> Wowzers. <laughs> Richard Branson bails on sponsoring the Warriors. It would be unfair to have Virgin on a team that gets fucked every week. <laughs> that right that there. Gold. That is probably the greatest. I mean, that's the greatest four tweet sequence I think that we've ever seen in the history of this show. And I mean, he's really throwing the he's really throwing the gauntlet down to Bemson Meister to say, look, you know, you came out blazing and you go, you, you know, you go fairly well each week. But this, that's just a sensational. Yeah, stretch. Benson Meister's tapered right off. He used to be funny. Now he's just a bit of a skinny ranger. <laughs> Okay. Unfunny, skinny ranger. Warmess underscore. Sharks went up by 18 plus and didn't go on to lose the game. Warriors must be dumbfounded. Pathetic bunch of P-hearts. Hash shithouse. I take it that he may be a Warriors fan as well. Wow. Aussie 11198. The oh, Warriors, this Gronk. The Warriors are declining faster than Nathan Tinkler in a world without pies. Hash fat mess, hash fat shit. There you go. So that fat mess thing, well, it didn't really take place on the show, but it's no. kind of eked its way into the into the general uh, Twill Nation uh, <laughs> hashtag collection. That it does. Next game, we're off to Sunday now, the 2 o'clock game, Canberra Stadium. Not even 10,000 people down there because it's cold as shit. Canberra Raiders, 28, defeated the Brisbane Broncos, 12. Now, the tries, there was a double to Josh Dugan. Jared Croker got one, uh, Travis Waddell got one, and Fenson got one. And it was four of five conversions for Croker. The Broncos, they got a double to Alex Glenn. 
And Wallace actually was 100% on the kicks as well. Brisbane's young side is shot for confidence at the moment. They, it was, oh my, I mean, they, they went behind, you know, they, they were in this game for a long period of time, and then they went down 16-6 it was, they fought their way back to 16-12, and it looked like they were actually pouring it on a little bit, and uh, I think the turning point, they may have got a penalty and didn't find touch or something yeah. like that, and yeah, I think that might have been, yeah, and I think at that point, Canberra scored what, what ultimately was the match winner, match sealer, uh, shortly after. They did that against the Eels, didn't find touch. Yep. Trying to bite off more, more than what they needed to. Um, Parker's injury only enhances, sorry, only enhances the, their desperation, um, given their lack of confidence at the moment. It, to try and turn things around at this stage of the season is going to take a gutsy effort and a severe change in form to to really challenge from the, for the premiership from here. They they're in danger of sliding out of the eight altogether. I'll never I'll never forget the analyst that said that they'd start off really well and then the you know the kids would get you know, tired and, you know, the shine and rub off and they'd fade towards the end of the season and amount yeah. to nothing. Never forget yeah. the genius that said that. Don't recall it ever happening. Can't wait for the hits and misses show on that. <laughs> <laughs> when you see the Raiders play like this, you realise that what a wasted opportunity this season's been for them, even considering some of the injuries they've had to key players. Um, you know, they defended really well, they threw the ball around, scored points, built yep. pressure. Yep. Just why can't they do that every week? Yep. You know, it's it's okay to be doing it now when you're trying to make a run at the finals and one loss is going to spell the end of your season, but could have made things a whole lot easier on yourselves had they performed a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds like I'm talking about the West Tigers, but now I'm talking about the Canberra Raiders. And, yeah, I just think they're a better side. Even without Camp, you know, you take Campo out of the equation, um, who's probably their best player, I think they're actually a lot better than what they've exhibited in large parts of the season. I don't think I don't think that Cat's hair can be can be considered their best player anymore because, I mean, surely your best player would have to play you know, in the last two seasons to actually qualify as being your best player. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. I'm not sure what the answer is for the Broncos. They they look really tired and they look out of out of fresh ideas and and some of that comes down to Hook, but also, um, a lot of it comes down to to Peter Wallace. You know, he's yeah. he's the guy that's got to be steering the ship. Corey Norman, this is his first season of full first grade. Um, he's had some really good moments this season and and has probably exceeded expectations. Um, in my opinion, but uh, Wallace seems to be he's dropped a peg. Yep. Or two. I think, and the harsh reality of life without Lockie is really starting to dawn on them all and their fans. Um, the way you, you hear some of the fans now, oh, excuse me, um, during the Parramatta game the other week, you know, just the contempt in the voices of some of their fans around us. Yeah. You know, it's just like they've they've had enough and, you know, they want things to turn around and back in the Lockie days, you know, he'd be able to pull some piece of magic out and they'd jag a win, but... Yeah, funny um, it is, I mean... just not there anymore. This is a, this this decline is very reminiscent of uh, the end of last season, except for the fact that last season didn't happen till right towards, you know, towards the final, like during the finals, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Um, and yeah, once again, you know, with the, the burden on Peter Wallace to be the guy that creates something, they're in deep shit because that guy's got a creative bone in his body. I'd agree with that. Quite frankly. Um, now, uh, what have we got on the Twitter here? Cruzy06. Someone, and this is actually a very funny thread that happened through the course, so I don't have all of them, all them down here. He said, someone needs to put an old school on um, Ferguson, basically, at FergieFerg2 on Twitter, to stop his wannabe gangster on-field bullshit. And um, I'll, A, I'll give him kudos for actually including 
Ferguson in that, actually tagging to him. And then he went hard on him and smashed him with about four or five tweets where... And Cruz, he's not really... He doesn't really go in hard on people. For some reason, no. he was just smashing into him nonstop. Um, the Chapo 82. Uh, Ferguson's trying to be a hard cunt, LOL. Hash stick to taking selfies. Hash cream puff. Hash not a superstar. Uh, <laughs> Devonhead. Unless it's played on Friday nights, the Broncos won't win the comp. True. Yeah. Uh, Chapo again. The Broncos are done for this season. Hash send them to the dog food factory. Hash Broncos. Jesus. And uh, we've got one here from... Um, I think it was from Solzy. Oh, we are on top of the roller coaster this week. Always good to beat at Make Me a Sandwiches team. Go Raiders. Hash Sackferner. And uh, Cruzio 6 again. Well, it's official. Hash Broncos in decline. Wow. Yep. And uh, finally, Bush Lemon. The Broncos are running around out there like a bunch of Ned Starks. Headless. <laughs> now, there's a reference that you get. Oh, I love it. And I just want to... Uh, Extra credit to uh, Fensum as well. 121 points in Supercoach at the end of the adjustments, and that has got to be sorry. That's got to be close to you know one of the best scores of the season uh, for sure. Of any player in any game, he was beaten this week though by another player, and uh, we can get to that game in a little while. But because um, they adjusted it, and uh, yeah, it looks like Benji got some more. Nice. They, ju- they they jacked him right up, which is probably why my score jumped so far, because uh, it jumped right up by about 40, 50 points this morning when they were doing the adjustments. So, yeah, 128. Okay, but before we get to that game, South Sydney Rabbitohs, 22, defeated the Gold Coast Titans, 18, at Skilled Park. They've got a badge on this of 20,187 people on the ground. Don't believe that for a second. Um, <laughs> the points, South Sydney Rabbitohs, they had a double to Justin Hunt. Dylan Farrell and Andrew Everingham got some tries as well. Adam Reynolds was three or four in the conversions and the Titans. They had tries to Steve Michaels, Kevin Gordon, Aiden Caesar and conversions were 100% three from three to Scotty Prince. It amazes me that the Titans remain competitive with Steve Michaels in the side. Yes. And he scores tries. Yeah, he certainly does. I don't know how they do it. I don't know what serum or, or concoction that Cartwright makes him drink before every game but is working um, the Bunnies are in great form I think and, and uh, probably not too surprising for someone like yourself but their players seem to be getting really mouthy um, <laughs> you know Princey threw the intercept and the play, you know, players sort of hung around and yeah. gave him a spray and uh, this could all come crashing down around the bunny's ears, tiger style. Mate, they're going to get to come up careful. next week the way they're going. Yeah, and it only takes a couple of losses and then you, you're sort of limping into the finals and you get blasted out. Um, I, I would like to see South and and their fans in particular um, and their players um, just tone it down a bit. Don't talk about winning premierships. Reserving space on your body for tattoos yeah, and shit. Yeah, like... Just tone it down until you get there. Yeah. I, I just... They've been burnt so many times, you wonder why they continue to put themselves out there and, yep. and come crashing down. Um, good sign for the Bunnies is the fact that they're going to be even more formidable. You know, they're on a bit of a streak at the moment and, and they've still got Inglis and Luke to come back and they'll be fresh as daisies. And they'll also have points to prove and chips on their shoulders, um, which is... A pretty good sign for them. Not so much a good sign for anyone they've got to play for the rest of the season. Yeah, I just think that maybe a chip on the shoulder of Luke isn't really the best thing in the world. I mean, as it is, I think it does mean he, doing a good he may job. murder someone for sure. But yeah, exactly. He'll, he'll just get suspended, you know, within ten minutes, or you get sent off and cost them a game. Um, but I still don't really rate the bunnies that highly, and they were very lucky in this game too. I mean, it was only a four-point margin in the end, but there were some critical refereeing mistakes. 
in a sequence there yes. that, uh, that denied the Titans uh, what appeared to be a fair try and and gave the the Bunnies what appeared to be not a fair try. Not a fair try. I think it was a knock on from Chris McQueen. I think the um, the, the plane is a fucking day. But for whatever reason, wasn't picked up, and they give it a try. Now that twelve point turnaround was massive in the context of the game. Absolutely, um, it could could have changed the result for sure. And it's a shame yet again that we're talking about the refereeing uh, having played its part in a, in a result in a game it's at this late stage of the season when teams are playing for their seasons. Exactly, especially the yeah. Titans. I mean, that win that kept them in the eight. Yeah, they really needed this win, and I think as much to prove that they belong. Um, you know, with teams like the Bunnies and, and the rest of the top eight as as for their finals chances. So um, they've been dealt a fairly cruel blow and South roll on. Exactly. Okay, now Shabuogan, again, just when I think the video refs are in Queensland's pocket, you get a clangor against the Titans. Fuck Harrigan. <laughs> Aussie 11198. Is it just me or does South get all the decisions? Why anyone would want this gronk of a club in the grand final is beyond me. Says the Dragons fan. Here, here. Garbs, 1985. To lose by four when the video ref got the call on the Rabbit's second try, dead set wrong, pisses me off. This could cost us the finals. And then he went on in another tweet, which I didn't put down here, but he went on to say, not only cost them the finals, but cost them a place in the grand final. And to that I say, settle fuck down. I mean, the finals, yes, but come on now. You can't look ahead to the grand, the grand final that quickly. And Nudgu said... Sam Burgess gets no suspension with an early plea. The discount for being a media darling is not a myth. Agree. Yeah, it makes you wonder. Yeah. It does, you know, even if it, at, at its very slightest it taints someone's perception of the guy in question, which then leads to, you know, a favourable result. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, to get the perception out there that, you know, it's not his go. Yeah. You know, if you get that out there, then yeah, it's the end. Okay, and now finally, Monday night, a foot bitch. The West Tigers, 51, defeated the Parramatta Eels, 26, at just a touch under 15,000 at Campbelltown Sports Stadium. And the uh, points, well, Tigers, two tries to Matty Utai. Chris Hino, he got one. Adam Blair got one. Fucking miraculous. Tim Monson, even more miraculous, got a try. <laughs> and the new superstar, four tries. To Marika Croy Betty, fucking hell, a sensational effort. Dean Vareesk in his debut, in, well, not his debut, but he's his coming out party. Second game, yeah. yeah. He's like he's certainly he's coming out party as a player. Um, not only was his name well and truly called, I mean, no one will forget him. You know, ever after a, a, a massive memorable performance. Benji also got a field goal. He kicked seven of nine on the goals, and the Parramatta Eels their points came through tries too. As double the Mullaney, uh, Ben Roberts, uh, Talima Tautai, and Ken Seo also got tries. Luke Burt three of five. As a Tigers fan, I was I was a big fan of Jake Mullaney. He was at the club playing for the twenties. Uh, they sort of let him go because they obviously had wraps on Tedesco and, and Moulton <laughs> had the fullback spot nailed down in first grade. But, jeez, he's going well at yeah, Parra. I knew he was quick, but fucking Jesus. Bought him for 87 grand, Supercoach 2, and yeah. the motherfucker's just delivering week in, week out. As you would expect. <laughs> he um, He's so light on his feet. Yeah. You know, his little fellow, he's... I guess he's probably played his whole career trying not to get ragdolled by people a la Brett Hodgson. So yeah. he's adapted a little bit of his game. He's just the the try that he scored where he, he had one player in front of him and then Moulton was in really good position to to tackle him. He just ran right around the outside of both of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was very impressive to watch and I was happy to see him have a good game. 
um, albeit you know very nearly could have been a Tigers loss and, and spelling yeah. a death knell for this season. But um, defence was certainly not the order of the day for this game. But it was nice to see the Tigers put some points on. Um, haven't really seen them blow the cobwebs out of their attack this season as much. Um, and this was a game where you know they fell behind quite considerably on the scoreboard, managed to claw their way back into the game and then go on with it. So I was I was proud of that, but I wasn't real proud of the def- defensive lapses, especially from uh, people like Gareth, Adam Blair had a few. Um, and having said that, I think Blair played one of his better games. Um, but Gathers was a little bit disappointing in defence with some misreads, and which are uncharacteristic for him. But do you reckon he's still carrying something, or it's just like I think so. Match yeah, fitness? he is exactly the type of guy that would be playing hurt. He's probably down on a little bit of match fitness. Plus, he got hurt in this game and come back too. So yeah. um, he's a bit walking wounded at the moment. They're going to have to get him in the hyperbaric and, and you know try and get him to heal up nice yeah. and fast because he's in, you know he's integral to to what the Tigers are trying to do at the moment, given their you know, they've lost some outside backs, then the impetus of the forwards becomes all more critical. Um, he's he's central to that, so we can't afford to be without him any longer. Um, Corey Betty could be the, the new X factor for the Tigers that they need in the outside backs. We already mentioned that Chris Lawrence is out for an extended period and I the season. Think, sorry? The season. <laughs> Chris yeah. Lawrence. He won't be back until round, like you know, round twenty six. Oh, like round so. three of the finals, I think. Yeah, round twenty six. Round twenty six. So I mean, he won't be playing um, again. But I just think in the, in recent times, over the course of the season, Sheens has picked too many soft options in the outside back, such as Joel Reddy, um, who's done a you know a half decent job at times, but he just doesn't have any Don't real spark or flair to him. Don't sugarcoat it. <laughs> The He's fact been that at times too. The fact they even bought him was fucking hilarious. Well, they bought him for his defence, and fucking <laughs> Jesus is being woeful. Um, so it's actually nice to see someone out there that's that's got a bit of a step. He's got an awesome fend. He's strong. He's fast. fast He's willing yeah. to have a, you know get in there and have a dig, as you know his four tries would indicate. So, yep. um, para they had control of this game, and they were up twenty-two to six at one stage, and. And, and had every opportunity, the Tigers were dishing up all sorts of opportunities for them to go on with it. But um, I, I think the the Corey Betty tackle on Sandow and Sandow was looked like he, he was juggling the ball, but it was about to score under the sticks. Yep. And the big Fijian flew out of nowhere and, and put a bit of a hit on. And Sandow got up and after he dropped the ball, got up and patted him on the head and said, "Good on you, mate." And to his credit, look, they, as the commentator said, he doesn't mind copping. Copping a beating as yep. well as dishing it dishing out with a shoulder charge. Yep. Um, I just you could just notice a, a real lift in some of the more senior players, and and especially the big names such as Robbie and Benji, um, and and even Adam Blair as well. I think after that tackle, it really gave him a bit of a wake up call where they thought, well, this young kid. Yeah, you know, he's he's playing like he's got nothing to lose, and we're the leaders of this team, and and we should we are playing he's for our season. He's embarrassing us. Yeah. Um, and you could just see Benji in particular, um, really lifted. Uh, he was in everything. He was putting chips over the top. He was you know trying to make tackles. His his playmaking went to another level, um, and that's essentially what delivered the Tigers a victory. 
Well, that's right. I mean, and I think you know Benji should have realised a lot earlier, like as in the first minute of this game, that it wasn't a game of rugby league; it was a game of touch football, where he could do whatever he wanted and it was going to work because. Parramatta were not the least bit interested in tackling at any stage in this no, game. And, uh, and some of those I mean, tries were just embarrassing to see. I mean, like, you know, Corey Betty, I mean... For 41 good, minutes, good, good on the Tigers, eh? Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, the top, well, yeah, I mean, more the Parramatta didn't throw anything at them at that point after that either mm. to really test them. But Corey Betty, I mean, like, you know, it's good on him for getting four tries, but some of them were fucking retarded the way they, like, just ran through, like, three guys who didn't even really do much more than stick their arms out and even try and tackle him. I don't know what the fuck happened to Parramatta, uh, you know, the newfound confidence. And remember, they won a game against the Melbourne Storm camped on their, in their 40 metres. But two metres weeks zone. ago. But two weeks ago, you know, with the cornerstone of that was just, you know, resolute defence. I mean, Highmarsh, you know, did nothing in this game, you know, which is kind of weird to say for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the best that can be said, I reckon, for me is that, you know, it was a game. I'm not sure what it was. Oztag, something. Uh, I think I think there's there's zero form line for either team based on that performance. Um, I guess you could arguably you could say the form line for Paramount Eels is you know more of the same. They're shit One thing I will say about the Tigers is that they won't defend as poorly next week. And the fact well, that you can't they... say that with you can't say that with any degree of certainty. Absolutely, I can. There's no way that'll be their focus this week, knowing how poorly they've defended against a team like Para. They've got to come up against the Dragons. Um, so. The fact that they put 51 points on is a good sign. In any case, to me, that they they definitely will score more points than the Dragons, and I just can't see them um, defending so poorly. So you'll get your chance anyway. When we do the previews, you can talk about that. How about that? Good idea. Yeah, right. Eh? Yeah. Okay, let's do that. So Twitter, first one, 102 Megan, hash like a tiger in decline. Hash tigers in decline. Which Robbie d- closed his restaurant. He closed his restaurant. Yes. Why do you think that is? He said he's got more pro- things that are priorities. Do you think it was uh, maybe taking his focus off the footy? Yeah, I mean, it, even as a as a owner or face of the business, it's it's got to be a, a decent commitment around footy. I know these guys have got a fair bit of spare time at a restaurant. Pretty much all, all except for about four hours a day, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like he was the chef there. No, I wouldn't imagine. And a sole owner proprietor sort of thing. So maybe there's other things at hand. Maybe it wasn't overly successful and he, he's had to get out of it. So, um, yeah, a bit of a shame I didn't get to eat there. Yeah, in any case, I hope you, I hope everyone enjoyed their affordable schnitzels. Now you'll have to go to any other fucking pub in the world to get them. <laughs> How about that? Maybe uh, that's why it failed. <laughs> yeah, Bimson Meister. After last, week, last week's good showing, Chris Sandow looks like the cat that got the cream, dot, 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 by eating the fucking cow first. Ash fat mess. Chambo, 33. I'm starting to think the West Tigers follow this week in league and the Tigers in decline tag is hurting their feelings. If so, suck a fart, Gronks. <laughs> and um, oh, I don't remember. I don't have the name of the person who put this tweet on there, but um, I'm, sure we'll, I'm, I'm sure you'll help me remember. With a fight back like this, me, Nathan Gills, will be queuing up to renew his Tigers membership. I think it might have been... Uh, I don't want to miss it, miss it attributed. I think it was Jonesy or something like that. No, 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 no. Who was it? It was a regular tweeter. Was it Trotters? Maybe Trotters. Someone like that. Sorry, but sorry, nameless person. Uh, didn't come over when I copy and pasted your tweet. Uh, Bemson Meister. If you're enjoying this, you're the sort of person that laughs at the special needs kids on sports day. Hash I have to decline. say, the Tigers were behind that far. I was sort of resigned to my fate. I was a bit of an emotional void. Um, until the try where Benji ran across field and put... Um, Corey Abedi threw and he sort of beat three or four players yeah. on his way to the line. 
that's when I got excited. I jumped out of the seat and I was whooping and hollering and I was like, wow, okay, they can, I think they can do this. Whereas before that, I was like, fuck, here we go again. More Tigers in decline bullshit. Another fucking week of listening to you, you crap on. Manly have already won. I'm going to have to listen to that too. But it turns out it was positive result for me. Tigers back into the top eight. Well, there's, there's, there's definitely two points. Um, and we've got here, where are we? Uh, Rugby League Gronk, RL Gronk. Ben Roberts is a pot plant with legs. Dumbest footballer since 1908. Yeah, he, he had a really good first half, but he was fairly disappointing in the second half. Yeah, I, you know, to say he's had fairly uh, fairly good anything is um, is probably a little bit tough. Um, where are we? Uh, Trotters at Devonhead. That's four for the anti-Lottie. That's fucking awesome. Hash, like good players do, hash Lottie in you decline. You really couldn't script this stuff. Decline. You know, I mean, the fact that I've been calling Lottie Takiri for a hat-trick for for the better part of three seasons now. He gets hurt, and his direct replacement comes in in his second game of first grade and pumps in four tries. I mean, you just couldn't script this shit. Yeah, you really couldn't script that shit. Uh, What else do we have here? Tiger Benji. Tiger underscore Benji. I was fucking ropeable during that first half. At least that silly game made me laugh. I don't know where they'll go from here, to be honest. So that, that's uh, more more of a realist, I suppose. Um, where are we? And Dashing Dan 1. I joke about this week in law, because he jokes about often putting reviews down this week in law, but I'm contacting them. After 31 years, I want a divorce from the Parramatta Eels. Ash heartbroken. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's that. Um, and I can't, I can't find who fucking gave, did that tweet. I'm just trying to look through the tweets real quick. Oh. Let's just say it was Trotter's. So, um, uh, Sounds apo- far too smart for it to be him, but... We'll- apologies to the person that uh, sent that fantastic tweet and uh, apologies for not uh, copying and pasting it correctly. Unless it was indeed Trotter's, in which case we just apologise for your face. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I'm not going to slag the fans like you do, mate. That's your go, not mine. I li- slag everyone. I li- I- I- Select few people. I love, I love the listeners of the show. And uh, I, I will not slag them as you will. Good I appreciate I appreciate everyone who uh, who listens to the show. Good for you. And Let's move uh, on. Okay, previews for the upcoming round of action. I found that tweet. It was MMA underscore Dave underscore Mac. Oh, so no wonder. Only, only easily forgettable that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only the. Uh, the co-host of uh, other podcast this week in MMA. So, there you go. How about that? Um, anyway, on to the previews. First game, match of the round. Gets it over with early. So, if you've got to watch one game of footy, just do it on Friday night and you can turn off for the rest of the weekend. The mighty Manly Warringah Seagulls head up to Gosford to take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. At Gosford, eh? Yep. Normally you have this game against the Tigers. Well, yeah, I mean, we have... Well, didn't we play you? We played you up there at the start of the season, though. Oh, was that, that yeah, also that, that, was, that was Gosford, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it basically stops... The, you know, keeps the Tigers in the game by not putting it at Brookvale and, you know, removing any chance of victory that they have. <laughs> um, and same for South. I mean, we often play South up here. And, and Newcastle's the other team that uh, sometimes gets, gets... It's usually Newcastle that gets this corresponding Gosford game, I think. But, um... I think South might get the points here, given the fact that it's not a Brookvale. 
<laughs> fucking Buckley's chance. I don't rate them at all. Uh, they were very nearly beaten by the Titans last week, other, other than for you know referee fuckery. Uh, Manly just starting to get the, the combinations back together after getting back to full strength. This one should be more full strength. Now. Otherwise, there's a couple of guys on the bench there. I mean, it's an extended bench. Uh, Dean Vare is on there, uh, as is Timmy Robertson. So I'd say what's going to happen is there there is the potential that um, you know, Jason King won't be in the side, uh, although he's been named to come back. And there's probably potential that Matai won't play as well. I think South have got a much better chance if Matai is not there, um, but otherwise, I think uh, Manly take a lot of they'll take a lot of confidence from that game against the Cowboys uh, defensively. Do they can take care of anything that the Rabbitohs throw at them? And uh, I think you know defensively, I think the Rabbitohs are a much easier proposition than the Cowboys. I'd agree with uh, with what you're saying when you make such a compelling argument, but. Just got a bit of a feeling about the Rabbitohs. I think it might keep it going for another couple of weeks. No, I, I, I don't think so. I think you're just you're just succumbing to the fucking press, really. <laughs> and the and the you know the, the tattoos. You know you want to get a tattoo yourself. You're just desperate to get more ink. You want to get a Rabbitohs premiership ink. You've been sold. Yeah, you've been really, sold a lie that, by the that's media. That's really not going to happen. But yeah, I, I think if the Rabbitohs start well um, and can build that momentum, as I've said before, they do run with momentum probably as good as any side in the comp. So Manly don't um, mind coming back from 18 nil down just quietly either. <laughs> no, that's true. And uh, yeah, and I think you know, uh, Foran and Cherry Evans are starting to get back to their uh, their, their dominant best. Um, there's just no way I can see Manly winning, no, losing this game. Sorry. So uh, I think the Rabbitohs in tight one. Yeah, tight one. I think uh, Manly win it fucking easily, and uh, they'll probably uh, expose the Rabbitohs for the pretenders that they actually are. Next. Melbourne Storm versus Gold Coast Titans, also oh, on Friday Night hell. Football. What is it? this some sort of conspiracy to play the Storm back into form? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, think, I was thinking Penrith the Tigers last week, Titans run. this week. And here, and here it is, I, th- I was thinking that the uh, the Tigers had the easiest run this season. Um, <laughs> Storm, well, at the time of printing this, it was uh, TBC, so fuck you, Storm. Titans, uh, their side looks to be fairly uh, similar. Although in 18th, they, 18 jersey, they have Greg Bird. So I guess that means he's close to coming back and they're just going to assess him and see how he goes uh, yep. later in the week. Um, you know. I don't think the Titans can do it. It's just a, it's a very difficult form line to run for this game because the Titans were were good but lost the game they should have won against the Rabbits. Uh, this one's down in uh, Melbourne. Titans, not the best travellers in the world as it is. Um Storm obviously coming off a very impressive win where you know their confidence will be up again, and you know it only takes one win like that to get their confidence up. Sure. Um, so you know I think that I think Storm might win this pretty handily. To be honest. Storm. Okay. Next game Saturday, five thirty game. Parramatta Eels versus Sydney Roosters. Wow, what a shit game this is going to be. This is going to be another touch football game like Monday night. I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine that the the Roosters are done and dusted this season. Parramatta. Trying to avoid the spoon, I think they uh, they might put a bit of a score on the Roosters. You think the Roosters, after their excellent performance last week against the Dragons, don't deserve a chance to win this game? I don't think they'll back it up this week. I think the Roosters will. I don't think the Roosters are going to get the spoon. I think that's going to be reserved for uh, some sort of spoon of Palooza with uh, Eels and Penrith. Penrith certainly looking... Well, yeah, Eels are obviously the incumbents. Penrith looking like the most likely to take them over at the moment, and this weekend will probably help us decide it a bit more. Uh, you know, based on who uh, Penrith play, but I think uh, this is a, this is an important game. Roosters certainly are one of the three teams vying for the spoon or vying to avoid the spoon, but I think you know, if it's the Eels versus Broncos, Eels, Eels versus Storm Eels, then they can definitely win this. But if the Roosters play they did last week, then they'll win it easily too. Eels for me. West Tigers versus St. George Illawarra Dragons at Allianz Stadium. 
Tigers, true to form, don't release their team until about fucking 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> um, so fuck them. Dragons, got their team there. And uh, Sowered on the bench. Sowered is uh, on the bench. Uh, there's no way in hell he's going to play off the bench. I think Fiend will go to the bench. Sowered will slot into his first uh, original position in their 5 8th. And, you know, Fiend will come on, uh, you know, more, more of a hooker through the course of the game. be a uh, test for the Tigers, but I think they're up to it. I think they'll um, they'll score way too many points. Then the Dragons could possibly make up and uh, the Dragons do have do still have their defence when they when they are switched on. Yeah, when they week. want to, but they uh, they got done last week. I think their losing streak will continue. Maybe the loss last week was a loss they had to have. <laughs> Too late in the season for those sorts of losses, mate. <laughs> I honestly don't know because there is really no form line that can be fucking drawn from last that that game last from Monday night. I really just don't know what to expect from the Tigers. No. They could get they could just collapse and have an avalanche of points scored against them again. It's it's just too it's too early to know. So jury's out. I'll probably you know I'd I'll probably tip the Tigers, but you know it's zero zero confidence. I mean just because the Dragons are shit too. You know it's just I fucking hate it when you get you're confronted with like you know two Gronk teams. You know it's almost a spoon of Palooza. Next, North Queensland Cowboys versus the Warriors, the NZ Tigers. <laughs> uh, so this one is up at Dairy Farmers. Cowboys like it up at Dairy Farmers, except when they get beaten by the back-to-back premiers of the team of Destiny, Manly Seagulls. I don't um, think the Warriors are going to like it up there too much. Warriors aren't that team. <laughs> they're not a team of Destiny unless their destiny is to get the spoon. Uh, they're, they're on the massive decline, more of a decline than the Tigers even, and I just can't see them turning around. I mean, the Cowboys lost that, that close one despite having the referees in their pockets, so this time they will get the referees again. It always does happen at Dairy Farmers Stadium, and I think they will not butcher their opportunities this time around. I'd agree with that. I think the, the Cowboys will uh, win quite handsomely. All right. Let's go to the next game, which is the Sunday 2 o'clock game. Penrith Panthers versus Canberra Raiders. Another crucial game in the battle for the spoon. Shandoyle Cup. Shandoyle Cup, yep. Um, gee, they're starting to... Shandoyle Shandy Glass, they're really as st- it were. Yeah, they're really starting to um, make a cup for anything now, aren't they? Yeah, they, sh- they sure are. Uh, well, Panthers were fucking horrible last week. Yeah, but the Raiders, then you tip them and they just get absolutely poleaxed by whoever they play. Yeah, their so. record away from home is actually fairly formidable. The Raiders, I think they might get over the top of the pennies. Well, you know, let's on last week's form, Raiders win it and they win it fairly comfortably. The week before's form, Panthers win it and win it fairly comfortably. Yeah, it's been the Raiders' story all year. Uh, yeah, so this is another. This is like the Tigers game. I mean, you just you know. Play pick a gronk, write their names on a piece of paper, throw them into the toilet bowl. They just flush uh, it. Stick your hand in there while the water's <laughs> swirling around, and the one that sticks to your hand, along with your logs. That's your selection. That's your selection. I think there'll be too many points in the Raiders. Well, you'd think so. And Dugan is electing to play this week as well. He's not. He's not. He's not pulling himself out this week. So, um, yeah. I, look, I'm going to tip the Raiders. There, I said it. Next game. I already did that. Tip the Raiders. I didn't ask you a question. I said who I tipped. Yeah. Because people want to fucking know. It's fine. I'm just saying. Yeah. Hardly relevatory when I've done it 20 seconds earlier. Yeah. All right. Canterbury, Bankstown, Bulldogs versus the Brisbane Broncos at Sydney Olympic Park. Jesus Christ. Broncos to lose by one billion, million, yes. trillion. Definitely agree with that. Bulldogs 13 plus, Broncos 13th place. Is Romolo being named on the bench? Romolo is not retaining his, uh, his position. That's right. He is uh, 
on the bench, but he's in number 19. So okay. there's a very good chance that he won't be playing. And in his place, they put the, the, the king of the Gronks, Chris Keating. How rude. I mean, honestly... You know, this might be the this might be the uh, the flogging that the Bulldogs need to have to put Romulo back in to beat the Tigers. Well, they've got after. another one coming next week, so yeah, unlikely. Uh, I can't see the doggies losing to a massively declining side like the Broncos. Um, they got no morale. Justin Hodges has come back in the side, but you know, what's he done lately? Not going to do it all. No, he's not going to do anything. That's the our call. He's not doing nothing either, and the Broncos are going to lose terribly. Next game, it's the Knights. We're at Hunter Stadium for the Knights versus the Cronulla Sharks. So, the Knights. The Sharks get their form going or the the Knights turn it around and and get their heads on in defence. And this is another one of those bullshit games that are really hard to tip. The Knights, leading up to last week, had been impressive winners on a number of occasions. The Sharks, losing streak, looking like they're going to drop out the back back end of the eight. And here we are, last week, the Sharks looked fantastic, the Knights looked average. I'm going to tip the Sharks. You'd think it had to be the Sharks. I mean, the Sharks have to win to sort of, uh, I guess, to prove that they're actually that, you know, they're the side that they were when, you know, people were hyping them up sort of towards the middle stage of the season when they sort of got up to around, you know, in the top four even. Well, based on Carney's performance, you'd have to agree with that. And obviously Gallon with another run under his belt is going to be better for that. So. Yeah, but based on Carney's performance in every other game this season, including State of Origin games, yeah. you can't have any confidence that he's going to fucking blow the roof off yeah, like he did last week. Warriors, week. but I, I won't be doing that. I'll be tipping Cronulla all yep. the way. I think uh, I think it's Cronulla. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Knights can get up if, uh, you know, the, the Bennett system, you know, corrects itself and they sort of go on with the, you know, that last week was a, you know, a blip on the, you know, the form that they displayed in the month leading up to that. But yeah, I think you've got to go with the current form being Sharks. So, um, but, oh shit, it's Monday night. Nights are specials. Underdog team always wins. <laughs> there you go. And that is full time for episode number 99. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. Facebook, we're still trying to get to this 1,000 mark by the end of the season. We're about 9.55 at the moment. So we're going to need... We're creeping up, but we need it to happen faster. Yeah, we're creeping up you know, a couple a couple of weeks, but we really need to, you know, like we've got, what, four or five weeks of the regular season, four weeks of finals, and then whatever postseason shit goes on. So really, we're going to need sort of like, let's say 10 a week to be safe. So... What we need is for all 955 of you to recruit one friend and then we'll actually double what we need. So it'll be fantastic. But <laughs> if only if only a couple of you actually listen to it, uh, listen to us and uh, yeah, if only say 50 of you listen to us and uh, and get a friend on board, we already hit our goal and then uh, that would be sensational. So do it. Uh, we've got a review this week and it's kind of a, it's, it's an interesting review. It's a mixed bag. It's four stars. It says needs a refresh from uh, someone by the name of Yip underscore say really meaning, meaningless there love the podcast guys been here since day one would just love to see two changes to bring the podcast back to its three hour glory days Jesus which is interesting because I don't know if anyone really um, I think Paraman you know the, we had a, a half a dozen people that kind of considered three hour glory days but um, I think the general consensus was that it was just too long yeah and um, it was certainly too long to fucking produce I mean, you know, you were going to, you know, end up in a, end up in a ditch somewhere, crashed out trying to, you know, leave yes. home. That, you know, leave here at that time, I had to get home. Uh, so the first point is that he's made is 
split it up into two one-hour shows. One released on Tuesday night, reviewing the round that was. The second one released on Friday morning, going through the news contentious issues of the week and previewing the round coming up. Two, even less reading of articles and more input of what you guys think. You're too funny to let your views go unheard. We'll keep listening for as long as Glenn doesn't hang himself. Hashtag is in decline. <laughs> so, so I had someone wishing suicide upon me today. Yeah, who was that? It was I terrible. Gronk. It's a terrible, terrible thing to do. Um, so, split up into two one-hour shows. That doesn't really make it three hours again. That makes it two hours again. And um, released on Tuesday night. Well, you know, that's pretty much impossible. And the second one released on Friday morning. We appreciate your input, but there's a lot of other stuff that we have to do around life that doesn't involve the show that, I mean, quite harshly, increments... In, in, encroaches even on our time available to produce the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But um, the, the 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 one thing though is that um, given that the show uh, actually hits the net, you know, kind of, you know, sometimes as early as eight thirty, and you know, usually sort of around you know ten thirty, eleven on Wednesday night. Mm. To say to have one on Tuesday, an hour on Tuesday night for the round that was, and then one released Friday morning. At this stage, you're getting the first hour released twenty four hours later, Wednesday night. The second hour released a day and a half earlier than yeah. your Friday deadline. Yeah. So realistically, there's not a hell of a lot different uh, in what's going on there. And, and certainly, we will never record two shows separately. Like, it would only, oh, it would only ever be, it would only ever be like, you know, the Tuesday night recording cut into two if it happened anyway. Mm. So, you know, there's, I don't, there's not really much point to do that. Um, as but, far as, as far as the good articles, feedback though. Yeah, it is good feedback. And as far as the articles, I mean, you know, I think that we we, we have our say on on each news article before we move on. I don't, yeah. there's, there's certainly nothing more to say, I wouldn't say. Anyway, um, and we got an email as well from someone by the name of John Pierre. He said, mate, you guys are fucking legends. I'm constantly in stitches listening to you guys. Thanks for adding me on Twitter and I love the show and always download your podcast. Keep it coming, boys. So I'm loving it. Good on you, legend. Love it. We're getting, we're getting some emails from people using the email again. It's sensational. I fucking love it. Uh, tipping. I, I dropped massive this week because I did. I went for an entire round of upsets just to see if I could bridge the gap. From, <laughs> as it turns out, only half of them. That's I've been doing that since round one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're 79th. So he actually came up a couple of places this week. Uh, the I mean, lot- you're going to have to fucking buy alcohol for Kyle and lace it with shards of glass. Yeah, I don't think you're going to. Um, I don't think you're going to get over the top of him this close to the end of the season. Mm. You need a couple of perfect rounds. Uh, the log jam at the top is. is Kind of dissipated a little bit. A couple of guys, you know, they're split by one point now, but we still have a top five that actually consists of eight people. Uh, Whitey, once again, he's on top of the table, but his three-point lead has been cut to one. He only got three right this week. Wow. It's me, Cookie Bra. Choking. Yeah, Cookie Bra is up there, 102, one point behind. Kylie M. So that's Kylie is in... uh, Kylie Mitchell. Yeah, Kylie Mitchell is in uh, the Manly supporter. She's a 102, so she's tied for second, actually, but she's sitting in third place. She jumped up massively. She's done... The last two weeks, she's done sixes, which is is more than anyone... uh, Like Whitey, who's on top, he's done seven total. She's... uh, Then Cookie Bra's done nine total. So she's outscored uh, the... I wouldn't get six in three weeks. Yeah. Uh, Skinny, he's dropped to fourth on 101. And then we've got a four-way tie for fifth with Dave Mack, Jared Ash, Simo Ali, and Todd H1987, all on 100 points. And all of them are actually, their scores each week almost match up perfectly. So, um, you know, something's going to have to happen there for those guys to split themselves, I think. Um, Now. Or we can just put your keys in a bowl and work it out that way. 
yeah, well, at, at the end of the day, I'll have to see um, what that the, the footy tips actually uses their criteria. I I'm hope pretty sure it's the keys in the bowl technique. I think it's the people that have... I think it's the... the you know, because you put your tips in each week. Mm. And so that aggregates to the number of tips you've actually tipped on. And so I think the people who've got that score with the least amount of tips in gets priority. It wow. seems to be because it looks like... Well, there's like a number in brackets after that. So you like you got 100 and then you've got 219, 222, 228, 242. So I don't know what that actually means. Me either. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll figure it out. Anyway, uh, fantasy... A great round for me, just under 1,200 points, which uh, gave me final placings in uh, my comps. I got two minor premierships, two seconds and a third. And uh, it's tough games coming up, so congratulations to everyone who was involved in the fantasy comps and made the finals. And best of luck to the people uh, like yourself who, are, the who are now cup. vying for the tarred plate in their competitions. The plate? It's a well, it's not. Yeah, remember, remember when they used to have the sevens? Yeah, yeah. You know, they'd split plate up into three. Yeah, they had the plate finals there, yeah, so it's like the plate. So, how do you, so are you in any real finals? Two. Two. Yeah. And so you so three plates. Are you highly seated in the plates? I know in the competition that we're both in, I think you're about fourth from the bottom. There was so a couple where I'm sort of highly seated, you would say. But yeah. uh, the one that the one that we're in, um the paid I was a bit filthy. I mean the the weeks where I actually took the time and paid some attention I actually went okay, but it did take a while to get get off the ground. Yeah, that's right. Well I mean in, in the one that we're in together, I mean you finished fourth last, but you you probably went like you know four and one or three and two over the last five weeks, so yeah. your, your your team was actually in reasonable form. So you're definitely going to carve up. I mean, you're playing um, Cruzy zero six in the first yeah, round. Yeah, so he's a like that every week. I mean, yeah. So you you're in the bottom half of the eight for the Tard Cup. So like you're going to. I'll be the ninth best best fantasy tipper in that league. Yeah, I mean you're gonna you're gonna pace Cruzy in the first round. How very you know. West Tigers of me. <laughs> exactly. So there's not really too many people of form. I think there's like one more form player I think above you. Yeah. Which is like Kev. So yeah. Maybe um, I played Kev in the grand final and beat up on his team like I did last night. Just saying. Maybe. Not maybe. me personally, but yeah. An extension of me as such. Shop. Still got stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, and stubby coolers. So hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop. And buy some stuff. To get on board. As many of you who went to the, the Parramatta versus Broncos game last Monday night would have seen, uh, I was uh, resplendent in my Revelation t-shirt. and uh, Yes. I grabbed and you the wrong t-shirt, which is exactly <laughs> the same color as my This Week in League shirt, and realized when I was at work getting changed to come to the football that uh, I'd grabbed my Alpha Brain shirt instead. Which is is quite ironic, because had I, you know, taken the Alpha Brain and had it worked on me on that particular day, every other day, I'm like fucking laser, I'm so (laughs) sharp, that particular day, wrong shirt. Yeah, but on the other hand, uh, you, it was it was a product that we uh, use and recommend and shill on this yeah. show. So I was so, picking out Alpha Brain rather than my own show, which is a little bit silly in some ways. Hey, in a football environment, Alpha Brain pays to host this show, so uh, Alpha Brain's all good for me. Agreed. Uh, do you have anything that you want to finish this week with? No, other than the fact that I'm ready to pass out tired and I've still got a 45 minute drive ahead of me. This could be interesting. A poor little pedal. So next week. Oh, I like how you say that. Next week, and you're not offering to drive me home. <laughs> yeah, because then I have a 45 minute drive back after yeah, that. I'm not 45 minutes later, um, you know. So anyone who's ever wanted to host the show, uh, yeah, heads up. There may be an audition in next week, <laughs> <laughs> and a funeral. 
Well, you know, if uh, you get invited, no, select few get to the funeral. I mean, you know, I'll I'll, I'll be there with Please. I'll be there with my you googly. standing room only. I'll be, I'll be giving you googly for you. Are you googly? Yeah. And, uh, and it'll be touching, no doubt about it. It will be. And uh, I'll, I'll end it with like a hash... You're fairly, hash, fairly short, I'm guessing. Hash Glenn in decline or something like that. Hash Tiger in decline. <laughs> anyway, enough fucking around. The end. See, See you next, next week. week. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.